we are reading now in the scriptures and uh, I want us to read first of all from the Old Testament. Uh, it's not on your order of service but we are turning to page 867 in the church Bible. If you're using your own Bible it's Ezekiel chapter 36 page 867 in the church Bible. Ezekiel chapter 36 and we're going to read from verse 22 to verse 32 and following that then uh, by two short readings from the Gospel of John. Page 867, Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 22. And this is one of the prophets um, in the church in the Old Testament and he's speaking uh, to the house of Israel, to the people of Israel, who were, uh, in particular, God's chosen people uh, at that time. Therefore say to the house of Israel, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Sovereign Lord, when I show myself holy through you before their eyes. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You will live in the land I gave your forefathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the corn and make it plentiful and will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and wicked deeds and you will loathe yourselves for your sins and detestable practices. I want you to know that I am not doing this for your sake, declares the Sovereign Lord. Be ashamed and disgraced for your conduct, O house of Israel. And then in turning to the New Testament, the Gospel of John, and uh, chapter 1, uh, page uh, 1063,
and we read um, John chapter 1 from verse 10 through to verse 13, and then we'll turn to chapter 3. John writes here of Jesus, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Then finally John chapter 3, and we read from verse 1 uh, through to verse 9, page 1065. John chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees, that's a group within the Jews, a very devout uh, group, named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. Amen. Let us stand as we call upon God in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, we thank you for this day and the blessings that are ours in it. That today we have been able to rest from the labour of the other six days of the week. That today we've been able to gather together in worship as part of your church. We thank you, Lord God, that your people whom you save in Christ, that they are indeed the house of God. We thank you that we are children of God, not because of the decision of any man or an act on the part of any human, but because of your decision and because of your action of grace and mercy towards us. We thank you, Lord God, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, the godly for the ungodly, the just for the unjust, 
to bring us to God. We confess that like Israel of old, we, O God, too profaned your name. We did not live as we ought to have. We were born in sin and shapen by iniquity. But you had mercy upon us. And, O God, we thank you for that work of God that we have read of and sung of this evening. We thank you for the work of being made new and being changed in the heart, being changed from the inside out, that work that is the work of the Holy Spirit of God, as he applies to men and women and boys and girls the salvation that Jesus accomplished and purchased on the cross for his people. We thank you, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit quickens, that he imparts life, so that we are enabled to repent and to believe and to be saved. And we ask, Lord God, as we come now to think upon this work of the Holy Spirit this evening, we recognize that we need your help, because Nicodemus, a very devout man, uh, a man who was well uh, versed in the scriptures, who knew the word of God, who was the teacher of Israel, he did not understand these things, despite his knowledge, despite his learning. And he was constrained to ask, how can these things be? And so we pray this evening for the help of the Holy Spirit, both to preacher and people alike, that we tonight would be enabled to understand how it is that a man, how it is that a woman, how it is that a boy and a girl can be born again, born from above, become a child of God, know the forgiveness of sins, and, eternal, and inherit the blessing of eternal life. We thank you that these are the great things that you have revealed to us in your word and by your spirit. And we pray now that you would stir us up in our hearts and minds as we consider these things. Forgive our sin and pardon our iniquity and blot out our transgressions for the sake of Jesus, your Son, our only Saviour. Amen. Last Lord's Evening was our guest service uh, for the month of May. Uh, and on that occasion we were looking together at John chapter 3 and verse 3. Uh, this matter of um, entering the kingdom of God, uh, being one of God's people, uh, or this matter of being born again. And we thought then uh, about um, why a person needs uh, to be born again. Uh, and you remember I said at the very beginning, those of you who were, the, who were there on that occasion, I said, I asked you the question, how many birthdays do you have? Uh, 
And I wasn't asking you how old you are, but I was alluding to the fact that all of us have a birthday when we were brought into this world and into experience and life on this earth. That's the day of our physical birth. But then we all need a second birthday. We need to know the reality that we have been born again. Uh, that we have been born into spiritual life and experience. The life and experience of heaven. Uh, and so uh, we need to have two birthdays. And we were asking the question, in effect, why do we need a second uh, birthday? And we saw from John chapter 3 and verse uh, uh, 3 and verse 5 that there are two reasons why we need uh, a second birthday. And that is because we lack spiritual understanding. That was one reason. Jesus said, no one can see. And by that, it's the idea of understanding. We sometimes use the phrase, uh, when somebody explains something to us, we say, oh, I see. And we mean, oh, I understand. And so, we cannot see, we cannot understand the kingdom of God, we can't understand our sin, we can't understand holiness of God, we cannot understand the way of salvation unless God works this, this event in us, which is called the new birth. But then we saw a second reason, and it was found in verse 5. I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. We lack spiritual understanding, verse 2, and then we lack spiritual life or ability, verse 5. And tonight's uh, service, in um, some respects, is part two uh, of last week's uh, message. Sorry if you're coming in tonight and you missed uh, part one. But I want us tonight uh, to think about this phrase then uh, in verse five, unless he is born of water and of the Spirit. Nicodemus asked the question, when Jesus started talking about this birth uh, and this experience of spiritual, heavenly, eternal life that comes through the new birth, Nicodemus says, how can these things be? How can these things be? How can this happen? And so tonight we're thinking about uh, how uh, God works the new birth in you, in me. Uh, and in others and uh, it's all built around this phrase in verse 5 born of water and the spirit Jesus here uses two terms to explain what happens in the new birth a person is born of water a person is born of the spirit the Holy Spirit and though he uses two terms, he is speaking of one event, one activity. And there's two sides to it. We sometimes talk about two sides of the coin. And there are two sides uh, to the new birth 
or to regeneration. Uh, there are two aspects to it. You will say sometimes, um, I made the dinner. And there are two aspects, uh, at least two aspects, two main aspects to making the dinner. You've got to prepare the meat. And if there's excess fat in it, you'll cut it off uh, and you'll put it uh, on the tray or in a, a pan or whatever. And that's preparing the meat. Uh, and then you'll do the same with the vegetables. You'll wash them. Perhaps they need peeled. Uh, if it's uh, broccoli that you're uh, having for vegetables, it'll need trimmed. Uh, the potatoes likewise. So that's the preparation. And then there's the cooking uh, of the food. And so uh, the two aspects to making dinner. Well, as God accomplishes the new birth in a person's heart, there are two aspects to it. Uh, and we're going to consider each separately. Uh, because each aspect of this work that God does in the new birth answers a particular need that you and I have in order to enter the kingdom of God. Let's think then first of all about born of water. Uh, and I've got to um, clear the ground first of all with regard to this phrase. And so I want us to realise that born of water does not refer to baptism. It does not refer to baptism. And we need to get that out of the way first of all. Uh, because sometimes people and often people read this phrase and they immediately make a connection with water baptism. Now this phrase, unless one is born of water, is unique as far as I'm aware to this chapter. It's found nowhere else in the Bible. Although you'll see there from our Old Testament reading that it was hinted at and spoken of by the Apostle Ezekiel, when he talked about the people being sprinkled with clean water. This phrase has been wrongly understood in large parts of the church, uh, down through the centuries and continuing today. There are those who believe, there are those who teach, that when a person is baptised, they are born again. When a child is baptised, or an adult is baptised, that is their entry ticket, as it were. That's their passport into the kingdom of God. And according to this view, Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, Be baptised, and you are on your way to heaven. You are right with God. Your sins are washed away. Well, clearly that cannot have been what Jesus was saying. And there's a number of reasons why that could not have been the case. Baptism, for a start, is nowhere mentioned in this passage. Furthermore, Christian baptism does not exist at this point. Christ did not establish Christian baptism until after his resurrection. And then... Whilst Christian baptism that Christ later established pictures the new birth, it does not effect the new birth. It doesn't bring the new birth 
to pass. It's a sign. It's a symbol. It's a picture of the new birth. It's not the reality. And it is clear from the example of a man called Simon Magus in Acts chapter 8 that it's possible for a person to be baptized and not to be born again. Here's what Peter said to that man. Your heart is not right in the sight of God, for I see that you continue to be bound by iniquity. He'd been baptized by Peter because he had professed that he had, was trusting in Christ. But it was only time that showed he'd been baptized, but not born again. So baptism, for all of these reasons, uh, cannot effect the new birth. It doesn't bring a child or an adult into the kingdom of God. It doesn't make us right with God. It doesn't wash away uh, our sin. Most of us here tonight have been baptized, but not a single one of us is in the kingdom of God because of our baptism. Not a single one of us is going to heaven because of baptism. So baptism is not what Jesus has in mind. Well then, that's having cleared the ground, let's uh, think about what this phrase, born of water, means. Well, it signifies cleansing. It signifies purification from sin. That is, I believe, what Jesus has in mind here. And that, uh, I say that because that is what we see in all of Scripture. Jesus clearly expects Nicodemus to understand this concept. And why does he expect Nicodemus to understand it? Well, Nicodemus is the teacher of Israel. He's a minister in the church. This man is a, a very able student of the Old Testament. And yet he hasn't grasped that to be born of water signifies cleansing from sin. In the Old Testament, within the Jewish faith, um, the religious use of water points in one direction. And it's that of purification. If we were to turn back uh, to John chapter 2, verse 6, we'd read about a wedding that took place at Cana of Galilee, and there were set there six water pots of stone. For what purpose? According to the manner, for, manner of purification of the Jews. Water for a Jew and the use of water symbolized purification, uh, cleansing from sin. And when Jesus um, says to Nicodemus, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water. What is he stressing to Nicodemus? He's saying, Nicodemus, and he's saying to you and to me tonight, no one can enter the kingdom of God 
unless there is purification, unless there is cleansing from sin, unless there is the removal of this, um, this feature that is so offensive to a holy God. Nicodemus had tremendous Bible knowledge. Uh, he had a very deep religious belief. His life was marked by lots of religious acts, uh, fasting and tithing and praying. But unless there was purification from sin in his heart, none of those religious beliefs, none of those religious actions would take him to heaven. Nicodemus, it is like a birth. You cannot do it for yourself. You cannot cause yourself to be born spiritually. God must work sovereignly. This purification, this cleansing from sin in your heart. Remember how Jesus said, the pure in heart will see God. And as we saw the last time, you and I are not pure in heart. Our sin has made us vile and filthy and corrupt in our heart. That all manner of evil comes forth from it. But in the new birth, God makes a person pure in heart. He washes us from our sin on the basis of Jesus' death. It's about taking away defilement, taking away what's dirty, what is filthy, uh, what is uh, unacceptable uh, to God. So born of water then, it signifies cleansing from sin. Let me ask you this evening, do you know what it is to be born again? To be born of water. Do you know tonight what it is to be cleansed of your sin? As we were singing there, to be forgiven your iniquity. To know that your sin by a sovereign mighty act of God has been removed from you as far as the east is from the west an infinite distance this is what it means to be born again and this is how a person enters the kingdom of God but then let's notice uh, born of spirit born of spirit or born of the spirit and what does this signify? Well, it's the other side. If the purification of sin and the cleansing from sin is the negative, taking away what is filthy and vile and unacceptable, then born of spirit is the impartation or the communication of life, spiritual life, of a new nature. It is essential to be born of water. 
to have God remove the defilement and pollution of our past sin. It's a wonderful thing to have the debt of our sin cancelled. But that meets only half, only part of our spiritual need. It only answers part of the problem. It gets rid of the bad. To be purified doesn't give us the will or the ability to live differently. To live anew. To live to God. If the new birth involved only purification from sin, we would continue to be dead in trespasses and sin. We would have no ability to do any spiritual good. We would have no will or ability to resist sin. We would have no will or ability or desire to love God or to love our neighbour or to keep his commandments. We would continue to live in a state or condition of sin. But we're not purified and left in our state of sin. Jesus declares that in the new birth we are also born of the Spirit. There's a taking away of the old and there's a granting of the new. Jesus is referring here of course to the Holy Spirit. And as well as purifying us from our sin the Holy Spirit imparts life, spiritual life, eternal life to us. I'm not much of a gardener, but uh, over the winter months, uh, our front lawn became covered in moss. And so after the first cut of the grass, I decided to get out my little... um, um, uh, thing of fertilizer, container of fertilizer, uh, and this is designed to kill the moss, to kill the dandelions that inevitably collect in your lawn, no matter how hard you try to get rid of them, uh, and then uh, to stimulate the grass to grow. And after about 10 days, I had lots of brown patches uh, on the lawn. I had succeeded and killing the moss. And then I had to get out my rake and to rake the moss out. And there I have lots of bare patches in the lawn. And what I need to do now is having removed the moss, I need to come now with the seed, with seed, and put it on those bare patches so that grass will grow again. And that's an illustration, albeit a poor illustration, of what happens to us in salvation. The moss of our sin. God has got to kill it. He's got to rake it out of our lives. But then, he's got to also plant life and seed in us. So that we have a heart and a desire for him. And that's what we call by... That's what we call being brought into a state of salvation. We're brought from a state of sin 
into a state or a condition of salvation and grace. And now we are freed from our natural bondage under sin. And now we're able freely to will and to do that which is pleasing to God. It is even more wonderful than that, the new birth. Because in the new birth, the Holy Spirit doesn't just make us alive. He actually enters into us. So that you and I become the temple. We become a dwelling place for the holy and sovereign and almighty God. And as we draw upon that power of the Holy Spirit within us, then we are enabled to die to sin and to live to righteousness. We'll not do it perfectly. We'll have to go out again because the moss will gather and the dandelions will spring up and we'll have to go out each day and with the word of God and by the spirit of God we've got to dig up these things and keep sowing to the spirit in order to produce a harvest that is pleasing to God. So what does God precisely do for the sinner in the new birth? How can the new birth be? Well, God causes us to be born of water and spirit. He purifies the heart from the defilement, the filth of sin, and the stain of sin. And then he creates in us spiritual life that is nourished and sustained by the very presence of the Holy Spirit continuously with us. What are you to do tonight? If you're sitting here and saying that's not my experience. I don't have that life. If that's what the new birth is, I cannot say with all honesty tonight that I have been born again of water and of the Spirit. Well, some would say to you tonight if they were standing where I am, you just wait. You wait. There's nothing you can do. It's all of God. And it is true, the new birth is all of God. But there is a vital context in which it happens. The new birth takes place almost always. It takes place normally in the context of you and I being men and women who are under the word of God. If you're not born again tonight, if your sin has not been purified and taken away, your heart has not been cleansed, if you do not have the Holy Spirit indwelling you tonight so that you have new life and power to live for God, we say to you, read the Scriptures. Read the Scriptures. 
because it is in the scriptures and by the means of his word that God works this new birth in our hearts and in our lives. And if you don't understand the scriptures yourself, if you feel it's beyond you, then what are you to do? Go and ask someone. Uh, as uh, the Ethiopian eunuch did. Ask someone to explain these things to you. And to pray for you. So that you will come to know this new birth. That is the work of God. Amen. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Our God and our Father in heaven, we thank you tonight for, the, for that sovereign work of God, that work of salvation. We thank you that Christ accomplished salvation by his work on the cross. We thank you that his salvation is complete and finished. There is nothing that anyone can add to it. We thank you that this salvation that he accomplished in the cross, that it is applied to us in our hearts and in our lives by the Holy Spirit of God. And so we pray tonight for that work of the Holy Spirit in each of our lives that will enable us to know assuredly whether we have been born uh, from above born of water so that we are purified through Christ's blood from our sin born of the spirit so that we have this principle of spiritual and eternal life within us so that we love you with all our heart and serve you with all our strength we pray Lord God for any who say tonight and who believe tonight that this is not yet their experience. We ask, Lord God, that you would draw them to the Scriptures. For in the Scriptures we find eternal life. We find Christ. We find the work of the Holy Spirit. We are brought face to face with your salvation. And O Lord, those of us who have been born again, if that's true of many of us here this evening, help us to rejoice in this great work of God. And we pray that you would help us to reflect this great work of God by the way we live and the way we speak, so that as we live for Christ and speak for Christ, that others too would come to know that they have been born of God born of water and of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.